I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Dion Malaskis is a registered dietitian, published researcher, and certified intuitive eating counselor based out of Louisville, Kentucky. Dion helps women with prediabetes who have spent years dieting and eating very low carb learn how to lower their blood sugar and A1C through intuitive eating. After being diagnosed with prediabetes herself, Dion recognized the need for an approach to managing prediabetes that didn't focus on weight loss and eliminating whole food groups. She is passionate about helping women with prediabetes ditch dieting and learn how to live a life without feeling guilty for eating carbs. Her virtual practice, Intuitive Eating with Dion, helps her balance pursuing her passion of helping women with prediabetes with being a wife and mom of two little boys. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Of course. Well, that bio was fantastic. And of course, we want to learn more about your story. So why don't you tell us a bit about where you started out versus where you are now? Sure. So I started off in long-term care and I worked in, in that for a little while, and then I moved to corporate wellness. And so I really enjoyed working in corporate wellness, but pretty quickly I realized it wasn't for me in the long term. I wasn't ethically aligning with some of the work that I was doing in corporate wellness. I was running weight loss programs and things that were very focused on losing weight, uh, counting calories, things like that. And also, like you mentioned, I'm a mom, and I was really struggling with work-life balance. My position required me to travel a lot out of town overnight. And at the time, my youngest son, he was three months old. And so it just wasn't conducive to, you know, being a new mom and, you know, I was breastfeeding. And so you're, you're trying to do pumping and things like that. And it just wasn't lining up. So I started to realize pretty quickly that, you know, I'm going to uh, jump into private practice right now instead of waiting any longer because this is what my family needs. Yeah. And I love that. I love that you're able to realize that what you needed for your family is also what aligned with your dreams. And so have you always had this dream to start a private practice? I have. I knew that I wanted to go into private practice even before I went to school to become a registered dietitian. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My husband's a business owner. And so I knew that's something I wanted to do, but really I just, I didn't know where to start. I felt overwhelmed. I had seen the sacrifices made by other members of my family. Like I said, I was looking for more work-life balance, but I was kind of afraid that having my own practice would take that away from me. And what I've found since then is, is no. Now that I have my own private practice, I have more of a work-life balance. So I'm really glad I took that first step. Awesome. And so what ultimately led you to take that first step and take action on pursuing this private practice? Yeah. So like I mentioned, whenever I was working in corporate wellness, I just was kind of getting out of whack with my work-life balance and I wanted more time with my boys and my husband. And so I remember one day I came home from work and 
I was just really frustrated because I was getting ready to leave the next day for like three days and three nights. And, and here I have my son who's three months old, another one that's two. And uh, I had that conversation with my husband, you know, how, how much longer can I sustain this? And he said, well, I know you wanted to wait to do your private practice, but just do it now. Like what's stopping you? I know you can do this. And, and this can really give us what we need for our family. And so I decided that night and I went to work the next day. I put in my notice and, and that was a little over a year ago. And so I've been in private practice ever since then. Wow. Yeah. That's really awesome that you had your husband there to support you and really push you into it. And now you've put in the work and you have your own private practice. So that's amazing. That's a really inspiring story. So from long-term care, moving into corporate wellness and now into private practice, is there any clinical story that you reflect on now that you realize you're really glad you took the leap into private practice? For sure. So many. Um, I always knew I didn't want to uh, be in clinical or stay in clinical. And, and I really appreciate and I'm grateful for the time I had working in long-term care, but it, it just wasn't for me. I remember one of the reasons why I chose uh, dietetics versus nursing is I'm not really a touchy-feely type of person. And so I liked with dietetics, I could help people without necessarily touching them. And so I remember once they added in the nutrition-focused physical assessments, and I was in long-term care, and at the time I was pregnant and I was very nauseous. And so here I am, I'm physically assessing people that as a pregnant woman who's nauseous, you know, they, they may have bed sores or things like that, um, ostomy bags. And so it just wasn't something I saw myself doing day in and day out. And so I'm very happy now that I can help people without having to go in and do those physical assessments, I, I can help them virtually. Right? Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't even have to see them face to face physically, yeah. just virtually. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand that the nutrition focused physical exams when those came in, it, it was a little intimidating. <laughs> and yeah. it was like, oh, now I have to feel like a nurse or a doctor and really get in there. And it's like, that's, I don't know if that's what I signed up for. But yeah, I understand the benefit of it for sure. Yeah. So going back to your private practice, let's talk about your niche. What are the types of clients that you work with? Like I know pre-diabetes, but how would you describe your, your niche? Yeah. So I, I love my niche because of course I have my passion for intuitive eating. And so most of the women that I work with, they're familiar with intuitive eating and they're coming to me because they have pre-diabetes. I also work with women that have gestational diabetes and type two, but um, they come to me because they have the goal of lowering their blood sugar and their A1C, but they're also really struggling with food rules around, especially carbs, right? So they're saying, I just, you know, I've been told to eat low carb and I'm really struggling with this because I'm tired of feeling guilty whenever I eat carbs, or maybe they've tried um, intermittent fasting or, or keto or something like that. And so most of, most of my clients, yeah, they come to me and they kind of have um, some issues with food that they want to improve while also working to lower their blood sugar. Yeah, that's really awesome that you combine those two things that you enjoy doing so that the two worlds can meet and you can help more people with both of those avenues. That's really awesome. So how has your niche evolved? Is this exactly where you started out? No, actually, whenever I first went into private practice, I was just doing intuitive eating in general and I really loved it, but I really, I feel like it's a little saturated right now for dietitians and there's already so many incredible women that are really rocking this niche. And I felt like, what can I do to set myself apart? And so I, I struggled along for a while, but once I started working with Libby, I really was able to niche down into the pre-diabetes using intuitive eating, but um, into the pre-diabetes niche 
And for me, it was an organic shift because where I have prediabetes myself, I started doing the market research and was saying, okay, no, no dietitians are really out there right now helping people with prediabetes. And the ones that are, are focused on weight loss or low carb diets. And so I felt like the gates were wide open for me to come in and serve my clients to use intuitive eating to help them, you know, lower their blood sugar, lower their A1C without focusing on weight loss or dieting. Yeah, that's really awesome. That's a great reflection. And so with getting clearer on that ideal client and niching down, can you walk us through your experience with using social media to grow your business? Sure. Yeah. So before I was using social media, I was just going around to doctor's offices and things like that. It wasn't very effective because the doctor was kind of the middleman that would, you know, may or may not refer people to me. And if the, if my clients were coming to me, they may or may not be willing to do private pay because I don't accept insurance. And so once I started using social media to grow my business, it was more efficient because I wasn't going out all day going into doctor's offices. I was sitting in front of my computer for a few hours a day and I was cutting out the middleman. I was going right to my ideal client. So I was speaking to women mostly. I do work with men, but I'm trying to speak to women and I'm speaking right to them. And if they have prediabetes and they're ready to change, they can come right to me. They don't need to be referred by a doctor or come to me only to be disappointed because I don't take insurance. So using social to grow my business has been just so efficient for my time. And it's helped uh, streamline the process because I'm, I'm speaking directly to my ideal client versus going through a middleman. Yeah. And I think that's so important to recognize that when we use social media to grow our business, like you said, it's efficient. We don't have to run around. We don't have to make all of these connections with people in our area because we can serve people outside of our area. We can be bigger than just right in our town and with the doctors in our town. So I love that you said that. And now you don't have to run around (laughs) trying to spread your message. You can just do it straight from your home. So in using social media, what are one to two tips that you have for the listeners on how to effectively build that know, like, and trust factor? Yeah. So this one was a struggle for me at first because I am more of a private person. And so building the know, like, and trust factor to me, the the two biggest tips are get on stories and show your face on your content. So, so for me, that was a struggle because for example, getting on stories, I had all of these fears that, you know, what will people think of me? Will I be helpful? You know, I don't even like the sound of my own voice. So why would they want to listen to me? Do I have to put on makeup? Like I had all of these fears. And and what I found is, no, I don't have to put on makeup. They they do care what I have to say. And I can be helpful to my ideal client. And just to to women with prediabetes in general, it's really important for me to be a resource for them that's an alternative to the traditional approach of carb counting and, and focusing on weight loss. And my other tip of, you know, showing your face on your content, I wasn't doing that when I first started off. And I think that people really didn't know me because I wasn't on stories. I wasn't showing my face. I was just an account that was posting, you know, infographics really. And so now that I've been, you know, putting my face on my infographics, showing up in stories, I think people know who I am, what I stand for and how I can help them. And so they trust me for that. Yeah. Yeah. So what ultimately helped you to get over that fear of showing up on your stories and showing your face? 
I was really inspired. I used to listen to this podcast and I was really inspired by other dietitians saying, you know, just do it and it becomes easier over time. And I thought, well, if they can do it, I can do it. I've, I've overcome bigger things in my life. So what do I have to lose? And so I just, I took their advice. I popped on stories for the first time and it just gets easier and easier every day. Yeah, that's awesome. And now you're here inspiring the other listeners who are listening right now. It's awesome. Definitely. (laughs) Okay. So now that you know, you've been showing up on your story, you got specific on your niche, you're being more consistent. Can you talk about how much money you've made since starting and growing this business? Sure. Yeah. So whenever I first started working with Libby, you know, I mapped out my financial goals. And so I had like a short, a medium and a long-term goal. And I'm very happy to talk about that because I feel like a lot of women are afraid to talk about money. And especially as dietitians, I feel like in general, in our field, we're, we're overworked and underpaid. So it's important to talk about where we're at and where we want to go. And so for me, my first short-term goal was I just, I want to make $2,000. That was my goal. And I came to that because I thought, well, if I'm working part-time, that's about what I would make working part-time in one month. And so that was my goal. And I'm happy to say that I've, I've surpassed that goal in the first two months after working with Libby, after I opened up, I moved from working one-on-one with my clients to working with groups. And after I opened up enrollment for my groups, I was able to surpass that goal. And uh, my next goal is to make $2,000 a month consistently. And, and I feel like I'll be able to do that hopefully in the near future. And my dream is to to be a six-figure dietitian, right? I want to move up to make 10K a month. And I think I'll do that. I've got it mapped out and it's on the books. And so I hope to to say that I've reached that in the future. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so great to hear that you've you've hit those goals and you already have a mapped out plan for where to go next and how you're going to get there. I think that's super important. And I love that you've been able to surpass what you were making at, or what you could be making as a part-time dietitian. That just goes to show private practice really can be you know, equal and better than if you were to get paid in a normal clinical setting for sure. So with, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about how you really wanted that work-life balance and being able to be home with your kids, but have time to focus on your business and increasing your revenue. So what has been your experience with having that work-life balance as a mom while also growing your business? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that was the big determinant, trying to improve that work-life balance that pushed me into private practice. And now that I'm here, I'm so happy. I feel like it's even better than I could have expected. A goal of mine was to to work part-time on my business and then spend a couple of days during the work week with my kids so they didn't have to go to school full-time. And I've been able to do that easy breezy. I, there's plenty of time to work with my clients and, and do my marketing and, and my sales goals and things like that on the, on the part-time days that I've devoted to my business. So now on the other days, uh, yesterday was one of my off days that I take off. You know, I don't schedule any client sessions. I went to the park with my kids, you know, we went and we got ice cream. It was fun. And, and then today I'm back on the grind. You know, I'm doing my marketing. I'm, I'm working on my group content for next week. So it's been better than I could have expected. And I think it'll only continue to get better as I become more efficient. So yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like a key part of that is really making a schedule for yourself and sticking with it so that you can map out the times that you're making content and scheduling your content and then also balancing that with time with your kids? For sure. I mean, I know a lot of us dietitians are very type A and organized and I'm no exception. 
I, on my days that I devote to work, I map it out hour by hour. And I say, you know, I'll work on my content from this time. I'll get on and I'll do a story at this time. And, you know, I'll engage with my audience at this time. I think it's important to do that because personally, I really love developing content. I could spend all day doing it. It's almost a form of self-care for me. <laughs> and so by mapping it out and allotting my time, I make sure that I get everything done on my days that I've devoted to my business so that I can kind of go offline once my kids come home and on the days that I have with them, I can really focus on them. Yeah, that's really awesome. That's great to hear that you got that work-life balance and you're able to spend more time with your boys like you were hoping for. That's super inspiring. So going off of you know creating content, what did your Instagram feed look like when you just started out compared to how it is now? Yeah, so I know a lot of dietitians have pictures of food at first. I didn't do that, but what I had was these infographics that, um, like I mentioned, I wasn't on them. So they were just very text-heavy and they were really maybe supportive to back then I was doing intuitive eating, you know, they were maybe supportive, but they didn't speak to a client as far as I wasn't saying, you know, what I did, how I could help them, what problem I helped solve. It was just very much like if you came to my page, you might be like, oh yeah, it's really relatable, but you wouldn't necessarily know who I am, what I do and how I can help you. So now whenever you look at my page, I think it's very clear whenever you visit it that I help women with prediabetes reduce their blood sugar and their A1C. And, and I show how I do that. And I show pictures of myself and I talk about how I have prediabetes. And so I think it's really changed a lot. It's got a lot more clear and a lot more focused. Yeah. I think that clarity is huge for really being able to be specific with who you're serving, how you can help them and what they can get by working for, with you. And once you have that, you know, that's when you can really start to attract those ideal clients that you really want to work with. And so in regard to approaching sales, how do you approach, you know, getting those clients into a sale and how has your mindset evolved since starting? That's been a big shift for me as well, because before, like I started working with Libby, I was very intimidated by sales. I had a sales goal. I didn't know how to map out accomplishing that goal. And I felt very uncomfortable speaking with my clients on the phone and trying to make a sale. And after working with her and following her framework, it's really increased my confidence because now whenever I go into say a discovery call, I really look forward to it. I enjoy it because it's me getting to know my ideal client and her struggles and her pain points and how I can serve her and how I can serve other women with prediabetes. And so I feel very comfortable asking for the sale because I can reflect on A, you know, I have years of experience, B, I have my education, C, my past clients speak for themselves, right? And so she has a problem, I can help her solve that and I can get compensated for that. It's not, I guess I used to kind of feel guilty asking. I'm like, oh, I should just do this for free because I love doing it so much. And now I'm like, you know what, this is my job and this is my business and I'm helping solve a big problem for these women. And it's okay to ask for the money for that, right? And so whenever I'm on my discovery calls, I feel very comfortable doing that because I'm helping them. Yeah, exactly. It totally goes back to dietitians knowing their worth and being able to be compensated for the help that we're providing for these clients. So I really love that reflection and how you shifted your mindset around it. So what advice would you give a dietitian who is just starting out with their business? You know, it's just take the first step, you know, just do it because the longer that you wait, like I did, you know, I, I was in a job that sure I liked it for the most part, but it really, 
it's nothing compared to now. I, I love my job now and I have the flexibility that I want and the work-life balance that I want. And so if you're so overwhelmed and you don't know where to get started, you know, try not to let that stop you. Just take one small step, create that IG account, hire a business coach, do some market research one step at a time, but, but do something, you know, don't let five years go by and then you wish that you would have started. Yeah, that's really good advice. I think so often we're scared to start and everybody says, you know, just start, but really just start, take it day by day. You don't need all your ducks in a row. Things will fall into place as you move forward, just taking it one day at a time for sure. And so tell us what is next for your business? So right now I just started my first group coaching for women with prediabetes. And so in the future, I hope to get some more groups going the more women that I can help, the better. And I love the group setting because it allows me to speak to, you know, it's more efficient. I can speak to more women. I can help more women in less time. And it also helps me to reach my sales goals because it's a more efficient way of making money. So I hope to get more groups going. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? Sure. I'm on Instagram at prediabetes.nutrition. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.